Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. We are in the middle of a series. Well, actually, we're, we're coming to the end of a, uh, a series called Forward, as you can see. And for those of you that would be new, firstly, I'm so, so glad that you're here. Uh, you're going to get such a great insight as to the heart of this church today. And last month, we, we launched a series called Be Bold. It was our theme for the year, and it was a big series for us as a church. We not only gave the church a uh, new vision, uh, but we also changed the name of the church. And then vision is exciting, but the question is really, how do we then take the vision that God has placed in our hearts and carry that forward? Because we need to be practical about what God has called us to do. It's not all just spiritual out there somewhere. And so we started this series called Forward, and uh, how do we move forwards from here? A couple of things that's really important to know is that the way that we move forwards is by the grace of God. You know, we need the grace of, of God at work in, in this church and through us. And as I say, we need the grace of God. Here's what, something that's interesting that I've noticed in the scriptures is that God often puts his grace through his people. And so when God wants to bring about change on the earth, he will do it through the hands and feet of the people that follow him. And so as a church, we have an abundance of resource. And our resource is our time, it's our talent, it's our treasure. And what we do with it matters. It's very important. And so this whole series has been about what we're doing with our time and our talent and our treasure. And I guess what's really important to understand is, is that the message I share with you today, it's not just for you personally, but this is really for us as a church. So I'm going to read to you out of Matthew chapter 25, and I'm going to begin in verse 14. If you didn't do your Bible reading today, uh, then feel blessed right now because it'll feel like I'm going to catch you up. We're going to do like your week's worth of reading potentially right now. So in verse 14, it says, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Maybe just underline that. Then he went away. He had, then he went away. <clears throat> he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more, but the one who received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you have delivered to me five talents here. I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents here. I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered so no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master's answer, master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed? Then you would have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming, 
It should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Weeping and gnashing of teeth in the outer darkness. What a horrible place to be. Years ago, I remember uh, I was not leading this church at this time, but years ago, we did a church service. We took up an offering, uh, just a standard offering. And afterwards, when people were counting the money that had been given on the day, there was a note that was in that pile. And it was a note that we didn't recognize. We hadn't seen it before. It was from an African nation. And we got it. And it was one of those notes, you know, like over in other nations, how they seem to have a lot of zeros. It's like, this is like a $1 billion note. And anyway, we got it. We didn't know how much it was worth. And we kind of dismissed it. We thought, hey, this isn't really worth much. And so we did the the count. And then afterwards, somebody came back with that note. They said, hey, I've just sort of done a, a, a little bit of research online. And I think this note is worth several million dollars Australian. We couldn't believe it. We're like, no way, that's impossible. Really? We're like, well, who would have put that in the offering? Where did it come from? And so then we were, were kind of a little bit giddy excited. So we thought, hey, what we should do is let's go down to the bank and, and they should be able to tell us and sort it out. <clears throat> so we took that note and we went down to uh, one of the banks that was down there. And, and we said to them, uh, there's, there's like eight of us down there, by the way, just sitting around, just, like, just sort of watching the teller to see what was going to happen next, you know. And so we have one person who's at the teller and, and, and they had given the note over and there is some discussion that's happening and the person walks away and they come back and, and, they, and they're like, there's a lot of nodding and all the rest of it. And then our person took the note and they came back over to us and they said, it's real and it's worth several million dollars. We were like, oh my gosh, you know, like this is an amazing, what an incredible story. Like, you know, and we're like, well, cash it in. Like, come on, let's, let's go. And they said, no, no, no. Uh, the bank said that the country is too unstable and they're not willing to cash it here. And we said, well, what, what do we need to do to cash it? They said, well, you'll need to take this note to the nation from which the note comes. You need to fly over there and cash it at one of their banks and then come back. And we were like, oh my gosh. So we started like taking a vote. Like we didn't know who was going to do it. I think it was ended up being me. And so I had this vision in my mind of wearing like a, a handcuff on one wrist and this chain that would go to a briefcase that had millions in it, you know? And this was just in my head, you know? I'm sure that it wouldn't have worked like that. But anyway, the plan was that I was going to fly to Africa, get off, go into the bank, cash the note in, get the millions that it was worth, and then, you know, take it back on the plane, go come straight back home. That was the plan. That's what we were going to do. Just before we had bought this plane ticket, Someone did a little bit more research and they discovered that, hang on, something funny might have happened with this nation in the last couple of months. Turns out that they had changed all of their currency over to US currency. And so the bank hadn't updated their details and they didn't realize either. And so the note that we had wasn't worth, you know, the, it wasn't worth what it was printed on, you know, it was absolutely worthless. It was worth nothing. And our hopes of millions, miracle millions were dashed in just a moment, you know. I was so disappointed about it. Here's 
my point. You can just wait for things to fall into your lap. You can wait for the miracle to happen and suddenly the heavens open and, and you know things just fall down on top of you resource or you can plan it out. You can begin to steward your resources. If you plan to fail or if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Do you know being a steward means that you manage the resources of somebody else? And if you're a follower of Jesus, you need to understand that a lot of what we have is just resource that God gives to us and how we steward it matters. I think it matters more than we even realize. Hence the outer darkness, weeping and gnashing of teeth, you know, that sounds pretty serious to me. See, as I start to read the scriptures, I started to realize that God takes this issue of stewardship very seriously. There's a story in the Bible where Jesus finds uh, the, the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, they find a woman in the act of adultery. In the act of adultery. It's a pretty compromising position to be found in. They get her, they drag her before Jesus, throw her on the ground, and how is he going to respond? They say, the law says we should stone her. What do you say? And he forgives her and says, go and sin no more. Now, the same Jesus that forgave an adulterous woman, a person that, you know, all all people would say all manner of things about this woman, you know, homewrecker and she's done this and she's done that. Who is this woman? Jesus says, you're forgiven. Go sin no more. Meanwhile, the guy that mismanages the talent that was given to him out of darkness Weeping, gnashing of teeth. One is having an affair. You're forgiven. Love you. Love you. Grace. Go sin no more. You, you mismanaged your money. Go to hell. Serious. Now, as you start to read this, you think, why is he so serious about this guy that mismanages his resource? I think we need to take a really good look at it. He condemns a steward we need to take this stuff seriously. I was speaking to a leader of a church and um, we, we spoke maybe 12 months ago and I said, how's everything going? You know, come on, how's church going? And this person said, church, is, it's really tough at the moment. I said, why is it so tough? And they said, well, we're getting kicked out of our building. I said, are you? I said, that's terrible news. I said, what are you going to do about it? They're like, we don't know what we're going to do. I said, well, how did you, you know, have you, have you prepared for this? What's, what's your plan? You know, like what was your long-term plan? Knowing, of course, that you couldn't be in the building that you're in forever. What was your long-term plan? They said, we didn't have one. I said, well, what were you thinking? They said, well, we just believed that eventually God was just going to give us a building. And I said, so you haven't planned for this? And they're like, no. And now we're in a lot of trouble. It's worth planning things out. It's worth thinking through. See, you can just hope for things to fall into your lap, but I believe there is a responsibility on us as followers of Jesus to be stewards of the resources we've got. The last steward in this story buried his treasure, which, by the way, was a common thing to do because they didn't have banks. And if you don't have a bank, you're not just going to go down to the bank and invest it in there. So what are you going to do with it? You've got to hide your money somewhere. So they'd bury it in the ground. This guy did what was common. Everyone would bury their money in the ground. A lot of people would do that. And he comes back and says, where is it? He says, I buried it. It's safe. Here it is. He says, you should have done something with it. You could have taken it in invested it, there could have been some interest on it, and then I would have got what was mine, but there would have been a bit extra. In other words, what 
the parable of this, this uh, steward is trying to teach us is you should do something with the resources that have been given to you. You know, I think the point in this story, and, and really Jesus is the master here, if we, if we understand this correctly, he's saying, you shouldn't have just done what everyone else did. Forget what everyone else is doing. They might be bearing their treasure, but I'm asking you to do something significant with it. And if you had have done what was uncommon, maybe I would have received something back rather than just what I gave to you. I think about that in the terms of our time and our talents and our treasure. In other words, all of our resource and realize that Jesus expects us to do something with what he's given to us. Now, you need to understand this stuff because you cannot reap what you do not sow. And this is extremely important because evidently God expects a return on his initial deposit. So he's given us something to manage and all of us have something. We have time, we have talent, we have treasure. We have these resources at our fingertips and he wants us to do something with it. Understand this, just get this into your mind this morning. All resource comes from God. All resource comes from God. And each one of us has been gifted and graced differently. And, and, and you've got to see that. You've got to know that we've all got different graces. We've all got different abilities. Some of us have more time than others. You know, some of us have less time. Some of us have more talent in one area and less talent in another, you know. In fact, what we think is it's so important for you to discover what your talents are because you need to be a steward of them that we run a workshop on Sunday afternoons Uh, it's called Church 201. It's part of our growth track. And we use that to help and try to narrow down and discover what your gift mix is. What is your talent? What is your ability? And the reason why we do that is because we understand that God wants you to do something with what he's given to you. So we all have different talent and ability, you know. Some of you are more musically gifted than others. It's just your talent. It's what you've got, you know. When God was distributing that talent, he gave me absolutely none. Like I have no musical talent or ability, none. In fact, I I have told this church quite often that I celebrate these days being able to clap in time. Okay, so this is something that I'm very proud of. Okay, thank you. And, And then we were at an event the other night and Sarah was standing next to me and I was clapping and she leaned across to me and she said, you're not clapping with the rest of us. And, and, I, and I thought, I'm going backwards here, you know? Like, I thought I was getting better. I'm not getting better. See, I have no musical talent or ability. Clapping in time is difficult for me. And, and, and here is, is my point. I have no responsibility to steward anything musical in my life because I don't have it. If I don't have it, I can't steward what I do not have. You can only steward what you've been given. You, you with me? All right, so, so I don't have musical talent or ability, but maybe you do. And maybe you've got more than that. Maybe some of you are business people and you've been given the talent for generating revenue. You've got to steward that. What are you going to do with it? Some of you have communication gifts. You've got to steward it. What are you going to do with it? You've got to steward what God has given to you because when he gives you a deposit of something, he wants you to take it as far as he will let it go. You know, you're meant to invest it in some way, shape or form, but do something with what God has given to you. And there is a great story in the Bible about... uh, Moses, who was um, given a vision for what we call the tabernacle. If you don't know what that word means, think about pop-up church, okay? 
portable church. It's the tabernacle, right? It's probably the easiest way to think about it. So God gives Moses this incredible vision. This is what you're going to do with the tabernacle. This is what it's going to look like, right? But Moses understands he doesn't have all the skills to be able to do it. So he says, well, you know what? I can't do everything on my own, but I'm going to need people that have actually got the skills where I lack them. You know, I'm going to need to supplement that with other people. So we're going to need a lot of people on this project. So he starts to gather people in. This is really interesting. Listen to what it says in Exodus chapter 35, verse 10. It says, let every skillful craftsman among you come and make all the Lord has commanded. Now, in the verses that follow after that, there are five times in nine verses where it talks about the people's hearts being stirred by the vision that Moses had that came directly from God. Listen to this. In chapter 35, verse 21, it says, And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him, and everyone whose spirit moved him. Verse 22, And so they all came, both men and women, who were of a willing heart. You know, jump over to verse 26. It says, All the women whose hearts stirred them to use their skill. Verse 29, And all the men and the women, the people of Israel, whose heart moved them. Right? Why? Because giving is always a heart issue. It's always a heart issue. Remember what holds your heart, molds your future. Because you care about it. You're deeply invested. You might not even know about this. You are deeply invested in what currently holds your heart, whether you recognize it or not. And so all these people, they start doing everything that they can. Why? Because their hearts move them. And, and, and Moses knew he needed these skills and these talents and these abilities. And so listen to what it says in verse 30 of chapter 35. It says, So the Moses said to the people of Israel, See, the Lord is called by name Bezalel. Now, I don't know if you know this guy. He's not very famous, is he? But he was responsible for a lot of the tabernacle. He called this guy named Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, with intelligence, with knowledge, and with all craftsmanship, right? God gave him these gifts and these talents and these abilities. Why? Because he needed them to, to begin to deliver on the vision that was set in Moses' hearts. Listen to what it says they meant to be useful. To devise artistic designs, to work with gold and silver in bronze, in cutting stones for setting and in carving wood for, for work in every skilled craft. Some of you think, you know, God doesn't care what it looks like. Yes, he does. Oh, God doesn't care what it looks like. We could just do this in a grass hut. Oh, apparently, God cares what things look like. That's why he put all the skill and intelligence and ability into a guy who could then use that to deliver the vision of what God had set, says in verse 34. And he has inspired him to teach both him and Eliab, the son of Ahizamak of the tribe of Dan. He has filled him with skill to do every sort of work done by an engraver and by a designer. Some of you had got design skills. You didn't think it was a spiritual thing. Look at what we're reading right here. Or by an embroiderer in blue and in purple, scarlet yarn and fine twined linen, or by a weaver, by any sort of workman or skilled designer. God cares so much about what things look like, doesn't he? He really does. That's why he uses this guy, Bezalel, to, and gifts him with talents so that he could build the tabernacle or pop up church, however you think about it. Let me ask you a question. What stirs your heart? What stirs your heart? If, if you don't know what stirs your heart, look at where you're putting your time, your talent, and your treasure. Jesus said, for there your heart will be also. See, what you're giving yourself to is an indication that your heart will be in the same place. 
Sometimes it's easier to find out what we give our time, talent and treasure to and work backwards from there and realize that that is exactly where our heart is. God has put his resource in the hands of his people. And as a church, we, we have to see this. But more than that, we get to do something about this. So right now as a church, Bright Church has more vision than it does resource. There is a gap. We have more vision than we have resource. By the way, that's a good thing. It's always meant to work that way. Because if our resource, if we have more resource than we have vision, then we've got a problem. Because we're not listening to God. We don't know what we're supposed to be doing with it. But we have right now, we have more vision than we have resource. The good news is that God has supplied so much of the resource that we need. And if you look over the Bible and just listen back through this series on forward and look at what the Macedonians did. Look at what the Corinthians did. Look at what the early church did. They gave everything that they could, everything that they were able to. And in fact, the Macedonians gave beyond their means. They found overflow in poverty. But why did they do it? They did it because the kingdom of God had their heart. And I'll tell you right now, the kingdom of God has our heart too. And so today is a really important today day because today we are going to launch the Kingdom Builders Fund. And I am so excited about this. We have been working on this for a long time. And the reason why is because we have a vision for more. We see more than what we're currently doing. The Kingdom Builders Fund exists to extend and establish the kingdom of God because we think the gospel is worth getting out as far as we can. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the most outrageously positive and encouraging message you will ever hear anywhere. And if you're new to church and you don't know what it is, let me give you a, a summary of this. The truth is, in your heart, each one of us know we're not perfect. And, and the Bible refers to our imperfections as sin. And if we don't do something about this, it's going to become a real problem for us when we die. So Jesus came from heaven to earth and lived the perfect life that we could never live. And he said, I will die in your place. The, the scriptures make it this simple. They said, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. In other words, Jesus will take the, the sin, your sin, and it will be punished on the cross the moment that you start to say that prayer and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Now, I think this is a very encouraging, uplifting message. The scriptures are so clear. He desires for all to be saved. So he wants everyone to know who he is, but not everyone does know who he is. And so in that little space in there, I think as a church, we have a responsibility to do something about it. So let me just take a moment to explain a little bit about how things work here at Bright Church, and, and then I'm going to tell you how the Kingdom Builders Fund is going to work. So right now, we have one bucket, and pretty much everything goes into that bucket. So in that bucket, we will do budgets for different things. So we have uh, so buildings and facilities, we have staffing, we have ministry, uh, and we have a giving budget. So we sort of break them up into these categories, right? Now, I'll, I'll say this, we actually need more resource to go into that Bright Bucket. Okay, the, the one that basically runs, operationally runs the things of church. Because we 
uh, need to add more staff days to our staff team so that they can be paid to be in here. And we are so blessed to have a team that does everything that they can. They are here nights, they are here uh, mornings, they do their appointments around their normal work days because right now we're not in a position to be able to pay all of them what we want to pay them. You know, we, we, we need to add more staff days to this church. And so if, if you guys, if, honestly, if this is your church, if this is not your church, then just sit back, relax, you know, enjoy. You're off the hook, right? But if this is your church and you, and, and you love the people that are, that are serving, especially your leaders, the more resource that comes in, immediately it's going to go to staffing because that's what we need to do as a church right now. We are disproportionately understaffed for the size church that we are. So we, we need to put some resource into that, right? So all the resource that's given, everything that's taken up has gone into that bright bucket and it's distributed accordingly. But once a year, we've often done what we call a heart for the house. And the heart for the house was normally set up around special projects that we would do, things that we could see that needed to be done. But the thing with the heart for the house is you could only ever put your treasure into it. So of the three types of resource that you've got, we've only ever been able to say, hey, let's just use the treasure. So we're only using one third of the resource that you've got. And we started to think about this and we thought, well, maybe we could do this more strategically. Maybe we could do this better. Rather than coming to people and saying to them at one point in the year, hey, be as generous as you can in the next four weeks. What if we actually split that out over a year so that people could strategically give? Like they could actually plan for it. They could prepare for it. And what if we had a bit of a, a better and longer term project here? But, but more than that, not, not just as relating to the finance, not, not just as relating to treasure. What if we could find a way for people to use all of their resource? How are people using their time, their talent, as well as their treasure? Let me give you an example about how this can work. There is a church that's not too far from here, and they have an abundance of doctors in their church. So because they have so many doctors, what they do is they do a lot of overseas trips and they are able to leverage the skill that's in their church, the talent that's in their church, which is that they're doctors. So they travel overseas. They give up their treasure because they're traveling overseas. They give up their time because they're going on mission and they use their skill to help people that are in another country. Now that's their grace. And, and, and I think that's really, you know, such a, such a wonderful idea because they know the skills that they've got in the church. So I'm going to just say, when we're trying to figure out all the, the talent and skill that we've got in the church, can we just give this a word? What if we just call it our corporate grace? Okay, so when I say corporate, I mean all together. So that's all that means. So what, what is our corporate grace as a church? In other words, what if we had, if we discovered that we had an abundance of builders, that would give us an indication of where our grace is because that's what we've got. Yeah, does that make sense? Well, what if we've got an abundance of teachers? Well, now we know we've got a better idea about what we can do because we've got an abundance of teachers. So we need to sort of figure out what are the skill sets that we've got? What do we have in our church? And here's my point. We want to find a way to leverage not, not just the treasure. That's one third of your resource. But we think, hey, let's find a way to leverage our time, our talent, and our treasure into kingdom building projects. This is what it's all about. So let me explain how this currently works. Let me talk to you about the three P's of mission that we have here at Bright Church. Number one, we have partners. And our partners are like long-term relationships. We invest into them because we think, you know, we believe in what they're doing. We also have programs, okay? So uh, programs that we, we run would be things like mainly music, Kids Hope, 
uh, CAP. We're a CAP debt center, Christians Against Poverty, to help people in this community that are struggling financially, you know. So, so these are programs that we run. If you're trying to understand the difference between the uh, partnerships and the programs, when it comes to partnership, they run it, we support them. When it comes to programs, we run it, they support us. Does that make sense? So last year as a church, we gave away 14% of our operational budget, just g- gave it away into our missions, into both partnerships and to programs because as a church, we want to do everything we can to reach people with the gospel. But we realize that there is more that we can do. Why? Because we have a vision gap. We can see more that we can do. And so now we're going to add a third P. It's called projects. And the Kingdom Builders Fund is about projects that we can do that we think will extend the kingdom of God. And we had a criteria for this, just so you know. So our criteria would be, we want to find ways that we can leverage just not one type of resource, but our time, talent, and treasure. We want to leverage all three of that resource. And plus, it had to fit in line with our mission. It had to fit in line with our vision. We wanted something that we, where we could measure the difference that we would make. In other words, there had to be the ability for us to bring influence into a situation. Because if we can't influence it, then maybe we should look somewhere else. Now, the thing is, is that when, you know when it comes to mission, right? Everyone in this room has got like a, a million ideas about how good it would be if we did fill in that blank. What's in your head right now? The thing is about mission is everything is a good idea. Everything's a good idea. Do you want to help people? Yes. You know, should we love people? Yes, we should love everyone. Let's help everyone, right? But we need to be a little bit strategic, which is why we had this criteria. And so what I want to do is talk to you about just the first part, part one of the Kingdom Builders Fund. And, the, and part one is called Kingdom Projects, right? Now in Kingdom Projects, this is anything that either extends or establishes uh, the gospel, the advancement of the gospel. So, so a good example of part one of, of Kingdom Projects would be, uh, say, the mezzanine floor that we have. Okay, so we took up an offering a couple of years ago to build a mezzanine floor, and we had tremendous difficulty being able to do it. And I'll tell you why, because we don't own this building. That's why. That's what it came down to. Because I can't have direct conversations with the people that are actually making decisions. We have to work through a group that represent us because we don't own the building. And this has become increasingly difficult. So you ready for the update? I heard that as of Friday, in 10 days, we get our building permit. How good is that? So, I know. So, that's exciting. And the reason why that's exciting, why is that a kingdom project? Because we're going to make more room for more kids to hear the gospel. That's, that's, that's just why we're doing it, because we realize that we need to make room. Once we do that, we can have a designated room for our teenagers, because I don't know about you, but I want to see more teenagers at church. And so, and, and so that's why these things are kingdom projects. So you guys, you've got to understand that we can't be in this building forever. You know, we don't, we don't actually own this. If you're new to church, we don't own this, not our building. Uh, and, and my plan, just so you know, just so you know, my plan is to outgrow this thing. Because if we keep sharing the gospel and we keep being who we are, I am telling you this church will continue to grow. We've gone to double services, but my plan is to outgrow these as quickly as God's grace allows. Because I want to see altars full of people that give their hearts and lives to Jesus. So, I, you know, full disclosure, I don't plan on running seven services here. I'd like to move to a larger building before we do that. Okay, because I, I have capacity, but come on guys. You know, I need a little bit of help here. So, 
so my plan is to outgrow that. Well, what do we do after this? Well, I think we need to plan today for the opportunities that come to us tomorrow. And, and, and if we're strategic and we're smart, we'll do that. Um, so I, one of the, I, I've talked, we've got the mezzanine floor. We, we, we need to start setting aside resource for our, our building our own future for something that's going to happen in the future that we, we don't have that building right now. But if we don't plan for it today, we're going to be in trouble tomorrow, right? And then the third thing, because this is all about the kingdom of God, uh, is we have a, a campaign that we run and it's called Change your world, right? We, we're going to run a change your world campaign. I'm so excited about this. And to help us unpack a little bit more about this, I'm going to invite Charlene Lee. She's going to come up here. We're going to, have to do a little interview right now. Put your hands together for Charlene. Um, just so you know, the change your world campaign, the way that this thing is going to work is we run uh, key projects term by term, and those projects will be able to leverage our, our time our talent, our treasure, and they meet our mission, our vision, we will have a degree of influence. That was the criteria. So uh, we're going to run these term by term, and our plan is in term four, we will run a, we tweak this a little bit, a one-day campaign. And th- this, listen to how cool this idea is. As you, can't, as you can tell, I'm quite excited about it, right? We're going to give people that are in this church the opportunity to run their own projects. And, and if you've got a brilliant idea, it would have to go through some criteria, of course, but you, you, you could have the opportunity to be a, a team leader on the day and we're going to do like a one-day event and leverage all the time, talent and resource in our entire church and say, how can we make a difference in our community? And if you've got a brilliant idea, we'll want to hear about it and then see how we can work together as a church. So a big one-day event. But right now in term two, we've got a bit of a, a plan around how we're going to help our local community. And this is where Charlene comes in. So... Um, we had a conversation uh, a little while ago. You came into my office and said, I've discovered a community group that needs help. Can you just tell us a little bit about this community group and how you got involved? Yep, so a couple months ago, I was taking my children to get a maternal health uh, nurse check and um, outside the nurse's office, there was a flyer and um, it was advertising an open day to come and check out a play group. And I thought, well, this is great. Um, it's a free activity for my child. I am going to go along. And so I, my friend and I brought our kids along. And, um, and this place is uh, literally a three-minute drive from Bright Church. So it's very local. And, uh, you know, I got chatting. You know, the girls had fun. And I got chatting to the mums that run this, this um, initiative and very quickly uh, discovered that um, that they have a lot of needs and they're actually really struggling. Um, and the way Playgroup works is that um, the, 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 Knox, the council actually allows the mums to use this space for free um, to run playgroups. And it's, it sits under the banner of Playgroup Victoria. And, um, and basically this place had been neglected for a very long time and uh, the outdoor area where the kids play have got a few OH&S issues out there. Um, you know, the, the sand pit is, the, the wood's just rotting and, you know, there's so much that needs to be done and, and these mums were saying, well, we're really struggling to get mums to want to come along and join and, and start a playgroup here. And I'm thinking in my head, well, yeah, it's, you know, I don't really blame them. Um, and uh, so anyway, so we, we actually got chatting and, uh, and she said to me, you know, what's really frustrating that we're trying to m- make this place better and, and in order for, for us to do that well is we, we really need more people to come and join this effort and then we have more funds to do what we need to do. And, uh, and she said to me that, you know, the, 
the, the frustrating part is that people want to be part of something great, but they don't want to be part of building something great. And so that really caught my attention. And, and I didn't mention this this morning, but um, so the first thing I thought, well, you know what? I can actually bring along the mums from our church and we can create a group and bring more funds in. And so that was the first practical step that we took to help this place out. Okay, so the person that was actually leading this, they weren't sure how to go about the fundraising, the running of an AGM, because they don't know how to do those things. The place itself is run down. Why did you see this as an opportunity for us to help? One of the mums actually spoke to me and said, is your friend going to come back and join Playgroom? And I said, well, I don't know. I haven't spoken to her yet. Uh, why don't you give her a phone call? And, I, and, and she said to me, well, um, I didn't actually get anyone's details at the open day and I looked at her and I went well I don't understand why you run an open day without getting people's contact details you know so um so I I just I just saw an opportunity like I I just saw an opportunity where I felt like we can we can sow in these people um to give them the help that they need wisdom and you know even having to run an AGM meeting we we have we before I joined the committee there were two people on the committee and uh, and they didn't even have enough people to run an AGM meeting, and so they had to run it during playgroup, so they could, it could be a legitimate AGM meeting. And so you know, there is so much wisdom, wealth of wisdom that we, we can offer as the church. You know, how do we market this group well? How do we get mums to come along? And you know, playgroup is not just about the children that come along. It's a it's it's an incredible space where mums can actually connect with one another, and not parent in an isolated way from day to day. And so this is where we can come in and actually really serve the mums by creating a really good space, by getting funding in and allowing mums to connect with one another. And I, I, and I thought that as a church, we can really get behind this and be a great influence. Right. So this is a great example of where there's a community group that's struggling in our three minutes away from our church right now and they have no idea how to move forwards but you know as a church like when you've been doing church for a little while we we do know how to run AGMs we do know how to do a lot of these things and so here's our, our plan to help this group is because this met all of our criteria is next term we're going to run a one-day event where we start to really invest our time because we can have kind of like a, a working bee uh, and we're going to be able to supply the talent because we've got builders and people that are willing to give their energy towards this project and can fix up all of the OH and S issues that are there. But then we can provide ongoing support for mentoring and helping this group to continue to succeed because they, they, they need that help and no one's giving it to them. And, and the more they're actually asking right now for our help and for our influence in that area. And I thought, you know what, this is helping kids and families in the local community. What a brilliant project. It just meets all of the things that we saw as a church. And, and, and because our eyes were open and we were thinking about what are the projects we can do, we saw something that probably existed all along. Our plan is not to say to our community, hey, you should come to all of our events. Our plan is to go out to the community and say, let us help you do yours. So, so we're pretty excited about this. And, uh, and we will do this in, in term two, and we'll give you plenty of opportunity to get involved in that project. But I just think this is a brilliant use of our, of our time and energy and resources. Why don't you put your hands together for Charlene, and as Charlene takes her seats. See, we realize that we can do more once we're actually looking for it. And so for us, the Kingdom Builders Fund is not just uh, you know, uh, about raising 
you know, funds for future projects. But we, we just see that we could do so much more as a church if we start to be really focused on this. And so we see things like, for example, church planting could come out of this. If, if, if uh, we were going to plant a, a campus, it could come out of this. If we wanted to open a food bank to help families that are struggling and, and, and they have already connected to CAP, we can do this. And so uh, we have, as I said, we have lots of ideas, lots of vision, uh, but we have the, the lack of resource, and that's why we're, we're doing this. So this is just part one, and, and I'm really excited about this next part, um, because we had a thought, uh, based on the scriptures that I, I read today, we thought, hey, this is a great way for us to use our time and talent and resource, uh, time, talent, and treasure as resource. But then we had another thought, what if we took all the resource that we currently have and we invested it so that it could help support the kingdom projects that we run. And that is where our business manager, Zach, Hoop, Zach Hooper, comes in. So could you guys put your hands together for Zach as he comes and shares? Thank you very much, Ben. Thanks for having me. Um, I just wanted to say one thing. Like ben and, ben and the team have been working on this for some time and he is so passionate about this about extending the gospel about extending the kingdom of God and I just really wanted us as a church can we just thank Pastor Ben and just give him a hand for all the work he's putting in for this he is he truly believes that this is a way that we can actually be united as a church and really um, leverage all the gifts that we have to make an impact and to really um, have a bigger I guess footprint in our community in our nation and in our globe so I have the opportunity to talk about part two of the Kingdom Builders Fund. Fund? Fund? Okay. Um, <laughs> serious? Get out of here. Um, so, part two of the Kingdom Builders Fund is what we're going to do is we're going to run businesses and their entire purpose is to fund the Kingdom Builders Fund, to fund these kingdom projects. And we are already doing this. We have been doing this for some time. Many, many churches, they have little projects that create small amounts of income to help run their ministries. And we've been doing this for some time and we've been doing it well. We actually... Uh, about two years ago, we bought Hey Mikey, which is the cafe. Who's been to Hey Mikey? Put your hand up. Thanks for coming, guys. Thanks for supporting the vision of this church. Um, we bought that business some time ago, and that's a completely separate business to the church, but it's owned by the church. It runs on its own. It's got its own staff. I'd encourage you to check it out. Rate them on Bean Hunter. Go check it out during the week. Um, but they do a fantastic job of running that business, and they help support the vision of the church. Now, we have another little thing that we've been doing for a little bit. We've trialed it, and we see such great value in this. And about, about two years ago as well, Ben came to some of our youth leaders, our young adults leaders, and some of our team, and he said, what is some areas in your leadership, in your skill set, that you wanted to be upskilled in or you wanted to know more about? And at that time... There was a bit going on, and, and the leaders at the time said, well, we want to be more upskilled and know more about how to handle mental health scenarios and situations. And so Ben's like, hang on a sec. We've actually got someone who's really talented and educated and has uh, works in this industry, Susie Milling, who perhaps we can get along to some of your meetings and perhaps can you know share her knowledge to upskill you and train you. So they did that and it went really well and the team was really encouraged by all the resource that Susie provided them. But Susie came to Ben and she said, 
I have another idea, and I wonder if this would work for you. How about I can do this course, and it's a professionally run course, but it costs a lot of money for me to be trained up into it. But if I did it, I'll be able to professionally educate not only our teams, but anybody in our community that needs to be trained up in this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite Susie to the stage, who's going to explain this, and we're going to have a chat. Why don't you welcome her? Give her a hand. Hello, Susie. How are you? That's good. Um, Susie is so passionate about this, and when she talks to me about this, she gets me excited about... um, how she leverages her passion of the mental health and what that looks like and her passion for the church. And so this course is called the Mental Health First Aid Course. So Susie, what is the course and what does it entail? How long does it go for? What is it? Uh, So the best way to understand it, I think, is to um, think about a physical first aid course. Most people know what that is. It trains you to respond in an emergency situation to someone who needs first aid. Um, So mental health first aid is is basically a very similar thing but for mental health. So the course trains people to understand the signs of mental illness, the most common mental illnesses, um, to look for um, deteriorating mental health and then to respond in a mental health crisis. So how how to basically help people who are experiencing mental health difficulties. That is cool. So what is um, the general, like how long does it go for? How much does it normally cost? Let's just say, because this is a course that is run um, throughout Australia and even the world now, isn't it? Yeah, so um, on the website you can see any courses that are running in Australia and you can look up what they're charging and it's anywhere from usually about 200 300 is the average cost right up to about 800 900 so I think they must be providing a pretty good lunch with that one. Um, yeah, but it, it is now um, a course that's gone international. Millions of people have been trained in it and there's a lot of evidence behind it. They, they've done a lot of research. They've teamed up with Melbourne Uni and um, t- the research is around looking at what what actually works um, for mental health first aid. And so it's a really great course. It's really well backed up with research and evidence. Wow. And so what was when you when Ben came to you about this course and you were discussing this course and you were like if I get trained up in this we can then run it for our church and for our community. What was your heart behind that and what were people saying what you could do with the money that was being made from that? So um someone said to me, you know, you could make a lot of money out of this. And um I said, well yeah, I probably could. Uh but but that's not where my heart's at. My heart's in in using my skills to give back to the church. And so I, I sort of liken it to if I was a carpenter and, you know, the church had a door with a loose hinge, you know, if I was a carpenter, I could just fix that. Um, and I would just do that because I'd have skills in that area. But I, I'm not a carpenter. I don't have skills in that area. But what I do have skills in and I've been doing for the last 10 years is mental health. And so, and I'm very passionate about it. Um you know, I'm passionate about why well, I do the therapy side of things, but also the the education side of things. So, reducing the stigma of mental health and helping people understand it. Um, so, this was my way of, you know, giving back to the church and and doing something I love and and 
yeah, like you said, just bringing my two passions for Jesus and mental health together. That, that is amazing. Susie, let's give Susie a hand for that. Thank you, Susie. You can take your seat. I get, I get chills when I listen to Susie's heart around this. You see, we've all got skills and talents, and it's like, I love that. If I was a carpenter, I'd just come and fix, because that's what we do for our church. But she has just opened up my eyes, and I hope opened up our eyes as different ways that we can use our talent that can support God's plan in this place. And I believe there are so many Susies out there that we already know want to help. But she's just opened my eyes as to ways that we can do that. There are other things that we want to do as business projects that will help. We're thinking about, we've already made decisions to get a coffee cart how that looks I don't know but that will help us with our events that aligns with our vision so well it's going to generate a little bit of income it'll help us to like what Ben says get out into the community and get out to where the events are happening and we're also going to do different things um, regarding our grace set when we know what we're graced with we might do something like like what Susie says we might have a bunch of carpenters and builders here so if we found a property and renovated it and then sell, sold it, that might be something that really aligns with who we are as a church and what we're skilled with. But there is plenty of great ideas out there. And so Ben's going to mention a little bit more about how we're going to gather that information. But that's it from me. I hope you're excited. I'm really passionate about this. I'm going to hand it back to Ben. Awesome. So there you have it. We, uh, one of the things that we're most excited about, if we can just go one more slide over, is that we have found a way to not just, we're not just looking at treasure, we're looking at time, talent and treasure and you can use both of those or all of those and put all of that into either fund. So we, we need more resource as a church for Bright Church, but you can use all the same resource in the Kingdom Builders Fund and we're so excited about that. And so the, the question really then is, well, okay, well, what happens next? How do you, how do you get involved and, and, and what do you do? What happens from here? Well, this is what's going to happen. This week, you're going to get an email. And in that email, it's going to give you an opportunity to let us know what resources you have so that we can start to figure out what our corporate grace is as a church. And so in that email, there'll be an opportunity for you, yes, of course, to give, but then there is an opportunity for you to let us know. Are you a carpenter? Do you have IT skills? Like what, what, what is your talent and what is your ability? Because if we can find out the collective talent of this church, then we know what are the kingdom projects that we can do because now we know what we're good at. Does that make sense? And, and so we don't want to be a church that just says, hey, what are the leaders good at? It's like, what is, what is everyone good at? What can we do as a church to help? So, so this is what we're really asking you to do. Again, if you're a guest, sit back, relax. This is not for you. But we're asking as a church, if this is your church and this stirs your heart, then you give your time to this church. So can you host, could you stand on a door and welcome people and be friendly at, at, at church on Sunday? We really need that. Um, can you have use your talent to serve this church. So so time, you know, I your life calling might not be to be a host team member, but you know what, that would really be helpful and you can give your time, but some of you have got other skills. You could be accountants, you could be uh, you know, musicians. So could you use your talent to serve the church? And then finally, when it comes to your treasure, I preached an important message last week and I believe that the New Testament encourages us to give generously, but here's what I would encourage you to do because it's good to have a an idea about what that means. I, even though I believe in generous giving, we still 
give 10% of our income to church and more than that. For, really, for, for Sarah and I, that's our starting point. And if you are currently not giving and you start to do that, that means that we can immediately start paying some of our staff that need that. So that's what we want you to do with the church. My point is, I want it, the reason I'm making this point is, if you guys go, that is so cool. I'm going to take my money out of the church, put it into the Kingdom Builders Fund. You will kill us. So don't do that. When it comes to the Kingdom Builders Fund, that has to be on top of what we do. Because remember, if the church stops, the Kingdom Fund is gone. Okay, so we so that has to work first. And then what do we do with the Kingdom Builders Fund, right? We want you to give your time. We want to find out what your talents are. And then if you could give some treasure to this, it means that we can make a big difference, right? So what am I talking about? Next slide. And then this is it. We're done, Right. First of all, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 16, each one of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper. It says pay prosper, but you know, whatever. As he may prosper, okay? Here's, here's my point, right? Each one of you prospers differently, okay? So, so for some of you, you're able to be extraordinarily generous, proportionally right? And so some of you, you're not, right? Now here, this is very important. If you're in a position where you can't, we love you. We're so glad you're part of this church and you're welcome here every Sunday and there's no difference. doesn't make a difference to us, right? But if you're in the position, we thought, well, hang on, what would it look like if you gave regularly? So I just picked $20 because I thought, you know, I don't know what $20 is to you. It's just maybe $20 to you is a bottle of wine that you have on a Friday night, you know? And uh, some of you think it's a sin. So for you, it's a lunch at Grilled or something like that. I, I don't know, right? So, so I don't know what $20 is to you, but it might be just, you know, one lunch out or whatever it is. But, but if one person gave $20, right, we, we'd raise just over $1,000. If 10 people gave, we'd raise $10,000. And that's not bad, but, you know, it just keeps multiplying. If 100 people gave, at the end of the financial year, we'd have $104,000. And it hasn't been asked for in one lump sum. It's just strategically weak. We just keep just keeps adding up, just keeps making a difference. We actually have close to around about 600 people that come to this church. I thought, wow, if half of them could give we just $20 a week, then we would raise $312,000 and we already have money set aside for our future now. And now we're starting to actually make good plans for tomorrow because you got to know that we can't be here forever, but our community needs us and we need a plan for that too. Does that make sense? Okay, so, so our... This is what we ask you to do, right? This week, you're going to get that email. When you get that email, just think about what you can do. Just pray about it. And and, and, and if you're in a position where you can't do it, there's no one's allowed to feel guilty here, right? But do everything that you can. And in the coming weeks and months, we're going to let you more know more about how this has gone. But when you get that email this week, have a look at it and you'll figure out what to do from there. So could you guys please stand to your feet? Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.